invade you. Yeah, 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 yeah. Nah, 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 nah. This is fade you. Welcome all you dads and moms out there, different hosts today for this college pod with Big Nelly Buckets and K-March Angles. We're going to do a little college preview pod where the two of us are going to focus on specific conferences, you know, throughout the season, you know, just a little, little different from what we normally do. So, you know, again, I'm here with Big Nelly Buckets. How are you doing out there? Good dad. Yeah. A little, little different pod with just being you and me and missing the other three dads. But I I almost feel like this has come full circle. You know, you and I go back on, on NCAA basketball shit, almost 15 years now. So it's a a little trip down memory lane of just you and I doing a little college basketball preview. It should be fun. Yeah. I mean, a lot of, a lot of memories in March madness. I mean, I think you kind of taught me, Taught me uh, the best line ever is we're here to make money. And then one of Matt's brothers giving me the quote of fuck money. <laughs> so, <laughs> you know, that's that's kind of the whole premise of of gambling. You know, you're going to lose every every bet you don't pick. And, you know, we're going to try to give out some, you know, good information. But, um, you know, March, you know, definitely fun last year. I got out there a little late, met up with you, went to Giordano's with our buddy Nick and, you know, oh caught up real quick and then led to a very fun weekend where you know we were at uh, the sports book with kelly and a lot of her friends who are now some of our friends that we collab with on a on a regular if not daily basis you know through twitter and you know occasionally some podcasts as well yeah and i you know the story got told and i think what the best part is uh you know we were at kelly's uh, party at the Westgate and uh unfortunately you and matt i think had you had earlier flights and i had drove right. uh, with with nick and and alex and so we were there just hanging out and uh it's where we met dave sherapan so dave sherapan had been in and out that's the sports consig um on twitter um and you know he had come in and out and we ended up talking and he stayed and talked with us for hours i mean until late in the night we didn't leave vegas until midnight and drove home um which was a rough drive. I think got back to San Diego around 5 a.m. Luckily, I was not. Imagine. Yeah, I was not working that next day. Um, <laughs> but you know, we got to meet him, and he was just he, he couldn't have been more generous with his time and sort of teaching us, um, you know, some of the some of the tricks of the trade. Um, taught us that nobody knows shit. Um, his Perfect. his famous hashtag line. Um, we got to meet him. You weren't there when we all went out for the Circa contest, but he met us out there for the Circa uh, when we all signed up. And, you know, we had a couple of drinks and just chatted about life and sports. And um, it was great. So cer- certainly some of the some of the best memories of, of my youth and best memories I hopefully will have going forward um, are certainly of of that first weekend of March, our March Madness trips, bud. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Yeah, definitely looking forward to being there again with you in about four months, although I'll have a, I'll have a newborn. So TV, be a real yeah, I don't know if I'll actually be able to get out there, but you know, you know, I'll do my best. Um, but yeah, we're, uh, you know, to get back on track, we're going to go over, you know, a couple conferences today. I'm going to start with the summit league. 
as you know our our lord and savior here on the fade you pod matt bone knows my darling is south dakota state jackrabbits that's kind of where this system you hear us refer to a lot was kind of born and you know what that is is just really finding line value uh i can become a very emotional better very uh easily so this is great for me because it really takes out any thought it has to just check all these boxes that I've made. There's about four of them, you know, with the current line and two other lines, you know, I'll disclose them at a later time, but you know, it's really meant to just take out all emotion and, you know, just find, you know, three plus points, you know, values. So, you know, get us underway with the summit league. I mean, I'm sure everybody knows kind of the top team in that league with oral Roberts, as well as their, you know, tournament run last year. And, you know, they're bringing back Max Abnis and, you know, really great, phenomenal player. They have sharpshooters as well. But, you know, within that conference, we also have North Dakota State, who is definitely up and coming along with UMKC. So, you know, it's it's a fun mid-major conference to watch. You know, everybody likes to focus on, you know, those power conferences, you know, SEC, ACC, the Big East. But I'm telling you, the Summit League, as well as some others, just bring a lot of top talent, a lot of fun to watch. You know, some of them play really tight defense, but it's really the shooting that that I love to watch. Uh, we got the St. Thomas Tommies. You know, they're <laughs> they're kind of, you know, a D3 school. But, um, but you know, they're in there. They're going to make some noise. Uh, I've actually been to, you know, Denver Pioneers home court done some trade shows for my in-laws there and honestly reminds you of of a high school gym you know there's nothing to it but you know these these colleges just get in there together and just bring a lot of noise but you know not to get too carried away I'll leave it off to Neil and you know let you discuss the what you kind of like and some teams to follow in the SEC. Yeah, I wanted to make one point. Like you said, Kyle, you talked about like a, a league like the Summit League and some of these smaller, you know, really basketball focused leagues. Um, you know, I think what you always want to look for and tell, you know, Kyle, you can jump in is, you know, the reason why these teams really do play well is because you always find one of these teams that have have a collective group of guys that have been playing basketball with each other for, you know, three or four years. Right. Like that's why you always see, you know, like a Loyola or, you know, a Nevada a couple of years ago where you just have this senior laden team. And that's really where these, you know, where these guys go to. And you can have, you know, when you think about college basketball, like, you know, the names are, you know, the 18 year old kids who are coming up, right. That everyone wants to see, right. The Amoni Bates of the world or the Paolos, you know, now who, you know, Duke, you know, these guys are the one and dunners, right. But they're still Evan at the Davis. end of the year, right. They're 18 year old kids. Right. Mm-hmm. And so I, you know, you the best 18 year old kid when you're facing, you know, a bunch of 22 year olds who have all been playing basketball at a high level together for a long, you know, for four years. Um, that's where you can find. And there's sort of, you know, like I said, it's one of those one of those small conferences that probably you've never you know, a lot of people have never heard of um, that you can find some real good value about picking out a team that's that's played really good basketball for each for them, uh, you know, with each other for a long period of time. Oh, yeah, absolutely. I mean, that's a great point that I definitely kind of skipped out on, but I I can't agree more. Um, You know, 
juniors, seniors making those runs. I mean, look at Oral Roberts. Most of those guys were juniors coming back this year as seniors. And, you know, they, they could run away with it, but, you know, a lot of teams get a lot of those transfers as well, especially with COVID that those protocols have just opened up where you don't have to sit out like you've had before in years past. So this year is going to be fun to really watch, you know, some of these lower conferences, if you will, really just, you know, make some more noise in the tournament. For sure. For sure. Um, all right. So I'm, I'm going to kick off. We'll, we'll go to a sort of a, a more mainstay conference. And I, I did some work and we'll go touch on um, I, what I think is going to be from top to bottom or really interesting conference, um, which is the SEC. Really, you've got four teams in the SEC that really, you know, pick a winner. Good luck. You know, good luck. And all of them are, plus, you know, I think I saw plus 180 um, or better odds. And, and really those four teams are between Alabama, Arkansas, uh, Kentucky, and Tennessee. I'm really intrigued on two of them. I really like both Bama and Arkansas a lot. Um, but obviously two teams that, that, you know, really made a name for themselves last year. Um, Bama, you know, is returning their top two scores from last year. They're adding the number nine freshman overall. You know, this is a team that went 16 and two in their conference last season, won their conference tournament also. So, you know, and then they, in the tournament, in the sweet 16, they lose in overtime. And Kyle, you remember that game, that, that UCLA Alabama game was great, right? That was phenomenal. So, um, you know, they really went through the, the tournament and didn't, were fine until they got hung up with UCLA and what was just a great game. Um, and I, Kyle, I remember like UCLA had to come back on that one in overtime right. uh, or in, in regulation. So, you know, they could have squeezed by UCLA also and, and really could have made a run. Um, so I expect them to be, to be right up there. Yeah. Uh, the other team that in the SEC that I would take to, to be a top one is Arkansas. I love this Arkansas team. And really I, the reason I love him so much is I love Eric Musselman. You know, I touched on Nevada a couple of years ago, making that deep run that they did. That was an Eric Musselman team. Um, this he's coming into his third year with Arkansas. Um, and they've just gotten so much better every single year, right? When he took over the program, they were eight, they were coming off of being eight and 10 in conference, um, 18 and 16 in overall He's gone to that for last year up to the now last year. They were 25 and seven overall, went 13 and four. Um, they lost in the they lost in the Elite Eight last year to Baylor um, by nine. You know, no fault in that. Um, again, another team that it potentially, you know, when we talk about seniors, this is a, a team that I think is going, you know, to start four seniors and then a seven three junior center. Right. So you're going to have a very senior laden a very experienced team with what I think is arguably like one of the best coaches in college basketball. And I think certainly one of the, the more up and coming coaches, you know, what after you get past, you know, the Coach K's, the Calipari's and the Izzo's of the world. Musselman's to me has got to be one of the top coaches in, in all of college basketball right now that I just don't think it's enough credit. Yeah, yeah, definitely put in that pedigree over his career. Right. Um, round out, you know, you have Tennessee, Tennessee, which I think is just kind of middling um, in my in my opinion, from what I see. 
Um, you know, this is a team that, that lost eight conference games last year. They do bring in some good freshmen, um, but I, I don't think that they'll be able to, to keep up with, like, the pace of play that an Alabama and an Arkansas – not an Alabama and Arkansas play – differently right they play very fast and controlled they like to jack up threes they like to push the ball move it around Tennessee is a little more methodical um and I just don't think that they're gonna be able to keep up with a band with a Bama or an Arkansas and then rounding out you know Kentucky Kyle what we didn't you know we haven't done a college basketball cup pod but what the hell happened with Kentucky last season like I mean it's similar to Duke you know it's right unprecedented you know you can blame it on COVID or you know other factors as well yeah I I mean I guess right I mean nine and 16 as an overall record they make no no tournament nothing um but you know if you look at last year like you said what happened with Kentucky what happened with Duke we know that you know in the middle of sort of in the middle of COVID teams didn't get to practice freshmen didn't get to come on campus until later on um, and I will say, you know, to this Kentucky team, I, I do think it's going to be different. I certainly expect a bounce back because this is a much different non-freshman laden team that Calipari is going to have under him. Um, so I do think it's going to be a little interesting. You know, Calipari has always just had all these amazing one and done freshmen that come to Kentucky. Um, this isn't that. So it'll just be I think it's kind of interesting to sit back and watch and see how Calipari does from a coaching aspect. Um off of what was just an incredibly bad year for any I mean really for any school you know you would call that a horrible year but for a Kentucky you would think it's almost impossible to do something like they did last year so it'll it'll be interesting just to sort of sit back and see what Kentucky does and if they can you know have a bounce back year yeah absolutely I mean it's it's funny that you know you bring up Kentucky I bring up Duke because we're we're recording this you know on the heels of the Duke Kentucky matchup tonight right 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 before tip off and you know that leads me into my small little preview with the ACC you know and that's right where I was going to start off is with Duke you know they have you know a, a big freshman coming in similar to Evan Mobley last year from USC his name is Paolo Banchero hello he's 6'11", 250. So he's, he's not built like Carl Anthony Towns. He's built more like what's his face, Kevin Durant, but he's got those guard-like skills. I've always loved Towns because he can just do it all, but he's thick. So this kid, you know, obviously needs to put on a little bit of that, you know, size, but in coach K's final season after a super disappointing, I believe it's 13 and 11 season last year, but nine and 15 against the spread. So, I mean, scores were getting taken to the house last year, betting Duke, um, you know, I, I definitely expect them as long as they can be more efficient from three point range. I expect them to, you know, make it back to the tournament and, you know, make some noise as well. And, you know, new man at the helm for North Carolina, we got uh, Hubert Davis and this town, this talented roster is going to be pretty exposed explosive excuse me guys i've been talking all day so it's hard for me to get my words and my thoughts together after you know full eight hours at work but you know they're probably going to contend for the acc championship here and you know also make a deep run into the ncaa tournament but you know they're going to have you know a few issues potentially you know with some of their freshmen it could take them 
a while to kind of get into the groove of things similar to what we saw last year with Duke. But, you know, there's, there's a lot to like Hubert Davis, good pedigree. I think he's going to bring a lot of success to North Carolina. And I'm definitely looking forward to, uh, you know, the first UNC Duke matchup of the year. Uh, I know Florida state's been pretty good in years past, you know, they still got Leo Hamilton at the helm down there in Tallahassee. Uh, they're keep bringing in top 20 recruiting classes as well. And, you know, they're going to be right up there with Virginia. I mean, this ACC is just fully loaded. Kind of my dark horse in this conference is probably going to be, drumroll, Notre Dame. And mm-hmm. that's just because of their offense and defense. I believe they kind of go – unnoticed with this squad um last year you know according to ken palm they got an adjusted offense of 112 defense of 93 and that's per 100 possessions so you know they're putting up points and defending as well and you know they're going to be right there in a lot of games assuming they can stay healthy and you know is every other team going to have to coexist as well um just kind of want to round out with clemson you know i liked what they had last year they could, you know, make a run in this thing. However, you know, they're just very inconsistent offensively. So their defense is going to have to kind of carry them again. But if they can find some shooters, you know, definitely look out for them to, you know, to bet on, you know, they definitely won me a couple bets last year. Um, even though they were only 11 and 12 against the spread, I definitely expect them to make a little, little bit of an improvement and definitely find some, uh, some areas to bet them in. Kyle, I like uh, one question. I think it's an, you know, an interesting year for coach going back to Duke and sort of, I'm interested to hear like your, your thoughts on the coach K handicap, obviously, you know, we're going to have stands back in the fan there's fans back in the stands (laughs) this year (laughs) after COVID you have coach K going off on his, you know, you know, his, his farewell tour, do you think there's anything there with that Duke team? Um, I mean, I think you talked about their ATS uh, record last year, and we know Duke is a extremely public team, so you have to be very mindful, you know, in situations in which you're backing Duke. But I, I almost had a sense like that it's going to be even – you're paying an even higher premium on Duke this year. Now, it could be warranted. They're certainly a much more talented team. Um, than they had last year and probably even, you know, you can probably go back a couple of years, but I'm wondering, you know, with all the, it's not like Duke needed any more of a narrative to sort of put them in the spotlight. And now you have this, I'm wondering what your thoughts are this year, um, just in, in general going forward, you know, having Duke, especially in like a primetime game, like, like tonight, um, you know, or in these sort of big, uh, Tuesday, you know, highlights that, that ESPN does that usually Duke's always a part of. I'm wondering your thoughts on on the premium there for Duke. Yeah, I mean, it's definitely a good point. Like we were talking yesterday about, you know, betting Duke minus one. And it, it's just because of, you know, Duke, Coach K's last season, especially with what you just said, there's probably going to become a time this season where there's going to be a premium where we're going to be have to be laying close to double digits you know, on most of their games. So this is very tempting. It's just, there's something about that Kentucky squad that just kind of put, pushed me off. You know, I, 
just looking at the rosters and you know from what you can kind of gather i'm like i'm not totally confident that duke is the better team and just all the data we have there's just there's just not enough info yet i mean duke's got let's see five incoming freshmen including you know palo who i spoke about earlier so there's a lot of things that they're going to have to kind of get going and that could take that could take a while mm. and that was also our cap against kentucky because in what the past decade they're usually you know start off a little slower before they really just gel and you know make those runs to go deep but you know duke i think you know give them give them 5 10 games you know they're going to fill out this you know pre conference you know games some of these early tournaments as well and i think we're going to start to see uh you know them rise from the ashes and you know I don't, I don't want to, I'm not going to go and say they're going to win the whole thing, but I think they're going to, you know, have coach K go out, you know, in a good way. Yeah, I, I would agree. Yeah. I have no real interest in betting the spread either way in that Duke um, Kentucky game tonight. Um, I really looking forward to watching it and getting into college basketball, but I did, especially with those two teams, I mean, though they may be the two biggest question marks, you know, in all of, in all of college basketball, uh, coming into the season and so yeah I'm just I'm really looking forward you know just to sitting back and watching that one as a fan yeah absolutely so. yeah, it should be fun all right I'm gonna move us along I'm gonna take I took a little dive um, into the AAC this is the American Athletic Conference um, it, when I say a little dive it's really two teams um, that I think are worth talking about and then there's a pretty big gap from the top two to, to everyone else um, in the AAC. And I'm, I'm going to kick it off with last year's final four team in the Houston Cougars, um, you know, doing a little dive, you know, this Houston Cougars team is, is really a little interesting. I got them. I'm showing them plus 220 to win the AAC, um, right. Final four team from a year ago, they lost to Baylor um, in the final four by 19, you know, but Kyle, I, even though I didn't hear, I didn't hear this narrative at any point. I can't remember. They, I, and I don't know whether they're the only team to do this. My guess is they're probably one of a very small few. If there, if there is even another, every single team that they beat to get to the final four was a double digit team. Yeah. Sad, right? very fortunate schedule. Yeah. Like you can say that they kind of had a lucky schedule to get there in that, you know, they had Cleveland state, was a 15 seed Mm -hmm. Rutgers a 10 seed Syracuse an 11 seed Oregon State a 12 seed and then they go and they get beat by Baylor by 19 and I'm not saying I mean Baylor was playing on a different level there at the end of the season so I'm not going to say that that's shows that they weren't very good Um, but they they had a pretty lucky time you know kind of going through their side of the bracket last year um, which I thought was interesting um, you know, they, they lose their top scorer, the star in Quentin Grimes. Um, he, he's off to the NBA and they lost two after him. They lost two others of their top four scores. So they lost three of their top five scores. Um, I, they do bring in a lot. And Kelvin Sampson, I think, is one of the, the also, you know, is a very good coach down there in Houston. Um, so this team is going to, you know, reload. And I still think that they're going to be very good. Um, I think they'll be better to start the season than the next team that I'm going to talk about um, and went through. And to me, in all of college basketball, I don't think there's a more intriguing team 
than than Memphis and the Memphis Tigers. Um, I really like this Memphis Tigers team, and it, I, I, it's funny that the I think the market is sort of catching up to to this Memphis team. Um, I remember Memphis, earlier on. Um, Memphis and Houston were kind of at the same. I remember them being like both plus 180 in that range. Houston has gone to plus 220. Memphis is down to now to, to plus 160 um, to win the AAC. And, you know, they return their top two scores from last year. They lose their next two after after that. But their top two return. Um, and they add two of the top ten freshmen coming in in Imoni Bates and Jalen Duran. Um I think this is a, you know, Memphis has always been a, a team that we've thought has a ton of talent. Obviously, you know, they had Weissman they were expected to make a real big run. And then he had his off the court issues and, you know, had to sit out the rest of this year. So they've kind of been under, you know, under the radar. They don't sit as sort of at that national level um, because of some of those issues, but you're talking about a team that last year and they had two games against Houston and they lost them by a combined five points. Um, so they, they stood right up with Houston and those two games were the, was, was the third, the third, the last game and the last game of the season of the regular season that they played Houston. It was a combined five points. I remember watching in the AAC um, tournament they were tied Houston had the ball and the kid literally sunk a three um, at the buzzer and Memphis lost that one um, and then Memphis goes so Memphis I don't know how they don't make they don't even make the tournament um, after that they play in the NIT and they walk right through the NIT they're the NIT champions last year so I, I just really like sort of and they, they kind of fit my you know, narrative of what I look for, which is having, you know, sort of the seniors and that, you know, that veteran leadership on the team, which they have, you know, with Nolly and Williams, which is their top two scorers from last year being still being there. Um, you know, so guys who have been there having extremely talented freshmen, right. in Bates and, and Duran. And then I, you know, Kyle, I don't know where I was when I was sleeping. Do you know who Penny Hardaway's two assistant coaches are? No. So just think about this. So Penny Hardaway is your head coach. Rashid Wallace is oh. one of his assistants and Larry Brown. He's got Larry Brown and Rashid Wallace as his assistant coaches oh. this year. Like I love the Larry, like I love, I got to think that just having Larry Brown on your, on your coaching staff is worth it is worth a ton. Um, especially a guy who's, you know, head coach at SMU he's been around that con you know he's been around that conference um I think that's going to be a very helpful calming focus um for that team and I I tell you I really from everything that I've done and seen I'm really intrigued to see how this team comes together um like I said I think Houston's going to look better possibly to start the season um but I could really see this Memphis team um, putting everything together, you know, come con come when conference start, conference play starts. I can see them running through this conference, and I can see them, you know, really making a deep run once we get to net, you know, to the to March Madness. Yeah, absolutely. Oh no, I like it, and you know, kind of kind of rounding out here. I'm debating whether I want to talk about the Pac-12 and Big Ten because you know we're definitely taking a lot of time. Pac-12, I could definitely ramble, so I'll go with the with the Big Ten here. You know, obviously, Big Ten, 
we got 14 schools, not 10. So always fun to kind of remember that part, but the top talent in this league, from top to bottom will be Purdue, Michigan, Ohio state, Illinois, Maryland, and probably Michigan state, Indiana might make some noise, but I think they're going to be too inconsistent, but you know, back up to Purdue, uh, you know, they got Trevion Williams. He's, you know, going to be one of the better players in the entire league, as well as Jaden Ivey and Zach Eady. You know, those are stars in the making as well. So, you know, they're they're fairly young as well as an experience. But as far as, you know, kind of what we talked about with some of those, you know, teams in the Summit League, you know, they have a returning nucleus that's been playing together for a few years and, you know, they're going to be, you know, I've read that they're, they could be painters best that he's ever had. So that's, you know, kind of, kind of big to think about because this Purdue team, you know, has obviously kind of been there for the past, you know, 15 years, Um, you know, Michigan, you got, you got to Franz Wagner, you know, Isaiah livers, um, you know, they're going to be, you know, Oh, they're gone now, but, um, you know, you're going to have leading scorer back with Hunter Dickinson and his running mate, Eli Brooks. If you remember Brooks last year, he was, you know, making a lot of those shots, you know, down the stretch. So Michigan, you know, they've had to retool a little bit here and, you know, they're going to be looking to repeat as the big 10 uh, regular season champs. And, you know, that hasn't happened for like three decades. So, you know, Jawan, he's starting to prove himself, you know, as, you know, kind of one of the better coaches in all of college basketball. He's recruited the number two class. So this team's going to be good for years to come. And, you know, they and Michigan, they and Purdue are going to be right there at the top. And yeah, uh, yeah. you got anything? No, I just, I, I really like this Michigan team. I think they just sort of ran into that that buzzsaw last year of UCLA um, and it just a really right. And just a really odd game. Like that game ended 51 to 49. Like I, it, somehow UCLA, you know, captured something and kudos to Mick Cronin and his team there, but they, they captured and found something, but that was a very sort of, I mean, obviously Michigan's a much more defensive laden team and, uh, would have wanted to play at that pace, but just, it was a very odd game and that UCLA did a really good job taking Michigan just sort of out of their comfort zone a lot. Um, and obviously, it, I mean, it showed 49 points for a Michigan team. I mean, come on, but I think they'll learn a lot. I, I like this Michigan team as well. Yeah, absolutely. And, you know, I've all, you know, for me, one of my weak spots is Michigan state. I've always loved, you know, watching them growing up as a kid, they were always one of the kind of power schools making a run, you know, with Tom Izzo back there. So, you know, they're going to be in the middle of the pack. Um, you know, I think the last time they were a one seed was back when they had Draymond Green. So, you know, think about think about how long that's been. You know, this team hasn't quite been the same in the past 10 years. Um, they are going to have an addition with Max Christie and they got a transfer Tyson Walker. So these two kids should really be able to help keep them competitive and really become, you know, a dark horse within the big, big 10 here. 
Yeah. So I, I kind of think we're running a little, little long here that we wanted to, like I said, we would just sort of be an overview show. I think the one last team, I think that I wanted to touch on um, going to the big 12 and just looking at can looking at Kansas, um, you know, no surprise. This is going to be a very, a very good team, a very popular team. Um, I just looking at their, their starting five, you know, they're, they return all three of their top scores from last season. Um, I love the addition of Remy Martin, um, the point yeah. guard from Arizona State. Um, great player. Great player. Get, you know, averaged 19 points a game last season. Just a ton of heart. Um, I just – I am interested in to see – you know, he, he had to do everything last year. Um, you know, that Arizona State team, he put that team on his back. So, I think it's just interesting. I want to see him be able to – he's got he's got so much more talent now around him obviously he's going to be the point guard he's going to handle the ball um I I want just him to I want to see from that Kansas team that he trusts his teammates um because if he does and he lets them you know like uh Abaji and McCormick and Wilson if he lets those guys get some you know get some looks and get some love too this Kansas team's gonna be something you know is going to really be something else because that was one hell of a pickup with Remy Martin um that if if self can integrate him properly this I mean obviously they're the number three you know three team preseason but this team could be really really good and fun Mm -hmm. and exciting to watch if he's getting the ball and spreading it around yeah absolutely I mean and you know one final note is you know Remy Martin he's what you call a super senior so he actually you know went you know, put his name into the draft last year. And before you weren't, you know, able to do that and come back, you were SOL. But I think college has really, you know, finally done something right. The NCAA has finally done something right. So he's kind of seen what he needs to do to work on. And, you know, he's been blessed with this opportunity to go to KU. And right. he said all that talent, you know, a fifth year player, it's going to be really fun to see what he brings to that table. It's, definitely a huge advantage for Kansas to have him running that show. And Kyle, I can't let you out of here without saying something about the PAC 12. I'm just going to ask you one question. UCLA is minus one Oh five to win the PAC 12 regular season. Does that sound right at all? No, not really. I mean, they're definitely definitely up there. I mean, you got, I mean, it's basically going to be UCLA, Oregon and SC. And then, you know, you got Washington State, Arizona State, and then the rest of them are just going to be fighting for, you know, Pac-12 conference playoff positioning. But SC's going to miss Evan Mobley, um, you know, big time. He filled, he, he made a lot of things kind of go away. But UCLA, I mean, I think minus 105 is a little steep, but I definitely agree they're probably the favorite because they got everybody returning. But I do feel that that run they made was just, I don't want to say lightning in a bottle, but it was the perfect storm at the right time. You can say lightning. I mean, I, right. I don't, I don't think it's wrong to say that it was, it wasn't lightning in a bottle at the end of the day, they were an 11 seed, right? I right. don't care who you are when you're an 11 seed and you get to the final four, it's lightning in a bottle to some you know, to some extent, I, yeah, I, but, I mean, but who that, you know, that, I mean, you know, on the West coast, there's just that West coast bias. So, I mean, that UCLA squad, I think we're all saying it in Vegas is this is a six or a seven seed, the 11 BS. I mean, 
it just wasn't giving them respect. Because if, if they would have beat SC in that last game, there's no way they would have been in 11 or the last four in. Yeah, I, I agree with that. I would just, like I said, when I look at and compare like the AAC where I can get a team like Memphis or Houston at either plus 160 or plus 220 respectively versus what's left there in the league versus I'm going to lay 105 and the gap between a UCLA and an Oregon or a UCLA and a USC is is not that far off like to to be laying minus 105 in that regard is is crazy to me and again this is a UCLA team I'm looking they they lost their last four regular season games last year they lost at Colorado they lost at Oregon lost against USC though it was by one and they lost against Oregon State um in overtime before you know the tournament started so um I, lightning in a bottle. Yes. Again, Mick Cronin, I give him a lot of credit. I think he, again, great coach. Um, but you know, in a, to be, to laying minus one Oh five, that is just ridiculous. I mean, I thought that was ridiculous. Yeah. Yeah, no, absolutely. But, uh, you know, I'll cut us off here. I think we're, uh, pushing about 40 minutes when we wanted to do about 30. So, you know, normal us just get into a conversation about basketball we'll just run on but you know until till next time we will uh you know catch you on twitter yeah 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 this is fade you